In this episode of Shut the Shit Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall, we're talking to Bible teacher and best-selling author Lisa Whittle. She wrote in her most recent book, The Hard Good, we can acknowledge that a leader is flawed and also acknowledge that God has used them and be grateful, opening your heart again when it's been hurt for that. One does not nullify the other. Being wise and holding this tension can be difficult, but pretending one or the other isn't true is devastating. So today we're holding this tension together and having a hard conversation about spiritual abuse. You're invited to join the conversation. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Welcome to Shut the Should Up, unplugged, ready to dive into a hard conversation. Like I know, Lisa's quote, we just, before. Yeah. we set it on fire and we're like, let's just stop, drop and roll for a second. <laughs> I don't think we've ever started before our intro of the show with more of a like, and by the way, let me <laughs> smack you across the face. Before we even get started, I hope you're ready for some holy hands to catch them because they're coming in strong today. <laughs> Is Lisa's hands the holy hands? I don't understand. I feel good Mine about are. it. What? Why did you even question that? My oh. the crap is wrong with you. Holy hands. Me. Listen, we've got together with our friend Lisa Whittle. We invited her, and she's been willing. Let's tell you about her. She is the author of eight books sought-out Bible teacher. Um, she's a pastor's daughter, a longtime ministry leader in issues relevant to the church. Lisa is the founder of Ministry Strong and popular Jesus Over Everything podcast. I've been honored to be a guest on there. I love her. Um, and it debuted in the top 25 Christian podcasts. Her love runs deep to see people pursue Jesus for life, grow deep roots of faith, walk strong in the midst of a world that so often seems to have gone crazy. And Lisa's done master's work in marriage and family counseling. She's the co-founder of Called Creatives. She's been featured on numerous media outlets throughout the years. She and her family live in North Carolina. We want you to give a big old welcome to our friend, Lisa Whittle. I'm so honored to be here. And um, so many thoughts already, but wow. (laughs) Wow. Is that enough? <laughs> we see those holy hands, Lisa. We're, I, think, we're wow. I, think, I think it is good. I think it is oh. good. You know, because wow is your first reaction. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Why even wait? We've got something special. A special game. One we've never ever played. Oh, a special game. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Oh, this is a special game for sure. Lisa, I didn't think of any other reason that I needed to play this game except for we want to get to know you. And what better way to get to know somebody than by getting your phone out? So if you've got your phone, are you doing your thing from your phone or do you have your phone accessible? (gasps) I didn't even think of that. Oh, she's got it. She's got it. 
All also, right. let's just let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room. We were like, we're doing a heavy topic, but now we're just playing games. So we, we'll get to that. <laughs> we're Listen, easing in. We're multifaceted people. It's fine. It's good. We're good. Absolutely. I have yeah. no problem being deep and shallow. Absolutely. That's right. Hey, that's where I live. Your game today. It requires, and if you want to play along as you're listening and you're not driving or doing anything that requires heavy lifting, um, you can play along with us. But I want you to open up your Amazon app. I'm terrified already. <laughs> I'm literally terrified already. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I love when I'm You're going to ask me what I just game. ordered, aren't you? You're going to ask me no. what I just ordered. That's last order. Everybody share. Last Our order. Last Go order. to your orders. My last order. I, already, I, I know what it was because I think it was yesterday. Um, yeah. My last order was dog food. Oh, dog oh. food's very practical. Um. Oh, I'm going to tell you what else I did. And this is yes. going. this is going to immediately either make you love me or hate me. But that's <laughs> okay. where I live, too. Um, I was influenced into this. I'm going to tell you. Yes. The truth. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I'm of a certain age um, yes. and things yes. in my chin area are beginning to <gasps> not be as um, lovely yeah. as they once were. Mm -hmm. um, I ordered the Lauer Cosmetic Store V-shaped slimming face mask, double chin reducer V-line, number one bestseller. <laughs> I'm going to need that. I need the link. link. I'm going to also tell you that it was $16.99. I need and the link yesterday. Okay. And so I was influenced into it. It's $16.99. And by the way, I'm going to look like I'm wearing a, can I say jock strap on your shirt? Is it a strap? Because I think I found it. I'm going to look like I'm wearing that on my neck and it's going to look ridiculous. And I'm going to text you a picture, Candace Payne. But this is the way we're starting this show. And, and oh. I don't you asked for it. You asked I for need it. it. Is it this? In, in my life. No, oh, no. In life. Not, it's oh, not quite okay. that extreme. It, um, like we went next me, level. Let me see if I can pull up. It's, it's, it's this. It's this. Oh. It's slightly better. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not really. A little yeah. white thing that goes on your chin. I don't. Listen, it's probably not going to work. It's dumb. <laughs> Let's just say that. But when you get of a certain age and you don't want to put a knife to your face, you might try this little bra thing on your chin. That's all I'm saying. Jock strap Listen, on your chin. Yeah. Uh, you inspired me with your Bible studies and words, and then I just, <laughs> just ordered it now. Okay. Wow. Well, I was influenced into it. Now I influenced you. There we go. Thank you. I if anything comes from this. Being a yeah. teenager and my mom was going through her midlife when I was a teen, and one of the most crazy as seen on TV things that she ever bought it was like this kitchen tool is what it looked like that went underneath your chin and your neck and it kind of rested there and you yeah. were just supposed to make your mouth open and close and it basically sure. was like an exercise tool for your neck yeah. and she would sit on the couch watching the television at night just we would hear this little squeak casual squeak, squeak, squeak. casual casual watching with this contraption ridiculous. what we do, what to, we do. Pre to preserve aging well I oh know, my it's gosh dumb. but here's what i'll say 16.99 i'll try a little jockstrap on the chin i feel like compared to cutting myself that's just 100%. a much better thing and i'm not uh, yeah i'm i'm a big fan and just letting it letting it age as it does but if i'm gonna i'm 16.99 i'm gonna try that listen that's a couple starbucks I'm willing. I was to do about that. to say I've spent sixteen yeah. ninety nine on three pizzas for myself from Little yeah, Caesars. Right. <laughs> I mean, I could do better by getting something to get my double but chins if this, if this feeling better. A little bit of the chin stuff. I'm in. Yeah. 
I just okay, well, mine, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest to make you feel good. Mine is replacement heads for that flawless shaver for my chin. I think okay. it's ironic. <laughs> that we, we, have have we have a theme, Candace. It's called We do have a theme. Yeah. And if you think I'm playing, like, I really will show you. I just ordered that this morning. So uh -huh. there it is. Straight up. My replacement heads for my flawless shaver. Wow. Listen. So, it's Jenny, all, you got to share. It's all grooming. Uh, it, it I, is. I ordered this beautiful thing. Love oh. it. Kimono. Is it like a kimono? For, yes. A kimono. Thank you for the words. For those that aren't watching live, of... you're missing out. <laughs> yeah. Our audio <laughs> listeners are like, what the crap did what she is buy? This? Yeah. It's beautiful. I bought this beautiful thing. Imagine it. All of them wearing it. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Okay. <laughs> One more question from your Amazon. Oh, cart to get to know you. Okay, oh, go go to your search. Pretend okay. that you're gonna search, uh, and I want to know uh, the last three things that you searched for. <laughs> only one thing came up. Oh, do you clear your search history? No, I don't. Oh. I don't clear my search history. Listen, anybody that knows me knows I'm not that good with technology to go. Let me clear. <laughs> Let me clear. No, I don't clear. I don't give a crap. Um, I'm going to tell you the last thing I searched was a ruffled women's summer chiffon ruffled tank <laughs> shirt. It's oh. like, yeah, the, the brand is like D-I-U-K-I-A. I don't know. Listen, it's early. I nice. So. Yeah, it's some kind of ruffled nice. shirt tank thing. Here's what I buy on Amazon. I normally will buy printer cartridges. Um Okay. I, I okay. still print things. I don't know. Yeah. Is this 1981? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I still print things. Um, I will buy clothes sometimes. Yes. Um, I will too? buy, yeah, cosmetic -y things, dog food. Listen, there's not much I don't buy on Amazon. Is right. this, isn't right. that where we all live? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, Jenny, what's your last, uh, maybe two or three if you've got oh. them searched? What's face, your searched? Face slimmer strap inspired by Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Just purchased. I'll yeah. give you an update. Current yeah. time, people. Current time. <laughs> and then yeah. this one's funny. A cat bed table. And I don't even have a cat. Wow. There we go. Oh, I, well, made okay. it I do have a little dog. I wanted my little dog to nestle under oh, a, a oh, table okay. that I could put at the end of somewhere. I didn't buy it, though. That's all. No, no. My, mine are um, a fabric shaver. For couches. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I really wanted to get some lint balls off of my couch. Mm -hmm. Um, the second one is punch. You have a shaving kids. theme, by the way. You have a shaving theme. I do. Theme. I yeah. do. Okay. I really like to eliminate the extras. Um okay. I, I also search for punch needle kits for adults beginner. <laughs> I want to learn how to punch needle this summer. Okay. I don't even know what that means. It oh my good, goodness. Though. It's embroidery, but easier. You just punch in the mm, thread. Those holy hands of yours. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I thought you were going to reveal that you got all into the croc theme. That's where I thought you were going well, with this. Well, my crocs. I, 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 it, the thing is, is I've already searched so much since then that that's gone. Um, but also my gemstone nose stud 22 gauge ring. <laughs> nose ring. You know, you inspired me to get the fake nose hoop. Remember? I do remember. You were the one. You were the it one. It was the whole thing. It was, it was the, whole the whole thing. thing. I influenced you. I feel like you this did. is full circle. You're an influencer. We started off this whole yes. game with I was influenced into this, and now we see it was me all along. All along. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh goodness if you haven't had fun with us then it's your fault we're having too yeah. much we're jumping straight in let's go come on now what do we say we it's said what fault. it's we said fault. what it is your fault all right. Well, we are transitioning a little bit. I don't know how to do that other than read a quote again that Lisa wrote because her book, The Hard Good, is that good. Yeah. Um, we will model it here for you live watchers. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Candace is out of focus. I feel like I That's won right. this modeling debut. You did. You did. All right, Lisa. She wrote, instead of silencing tough conversations, let's pray to silence our fear of taking them on. So welcome yes. to this episode. <laughs> yes. Listen, this conversation is so important and here's why. We are not, let me go ahead and just say what we're not going to do today. We are not going to call out certain churches or organizations. We are not going to call out certain leaders and be like, get on our side, team Candace and Jenny and Lisa about this hot topic issue. We are not doing that at all. But what we are doing is we want to find freedom from the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do every episode. And for us, we felt like this is a topic that we as a Christian community, I don't even want to say we as the church, I want to say just as a Christian community, we avoid at all costs. We don't like to address spiritual abuse. As a matter of fact, anytime I think it's been brought up, we just kind of be like, hmm, and we sweep it under a rug and push it aside and hide and hide and hide, which we all know that once we begin to hide too much, shame develops out of that. It's just, you know, it's replaced so easily by shame. So today on our show, we want to uncover a conversation and start a conversation and not really saying to you, hey, we've got all the answers. We're experts at this. We're coming at it from our perspectives our life experience, and from the little bit of understanding that we have. And I always want to put this disclaimer out front. We're not licensed counselors and therapists, Jenny and I, for sure. Um, and we feel as though any conversation we do, we know may trigger a memory or an experience for you. And we're sensitive to that. And so we always encourage you, seek help and counseling in your own personal circle and your life if any of that comes up during this time. Cool. Are we all good? Do we know the rules? Do we Got understand? It. Got <laughs> it. Got it. And I'm not a therapist or a counselor either. I want to say that up front. Yes. I have a lot of respect for them. And, um, Absolutely. you know, been to, been to a good bit of counseling in my life as yeah. a, per, as an, as a person being counseled, but yeah. Yes. Yes. I, same here. I go regularly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just jump into this idea. What is spiritual abuse? Um, referenced by Christianity Today, I really want to take out this definition. They say that it's a form of emotional and psychological abuse. It's usually characterized by a systematic pattern of coercive and controlling behavior within a religious context. Okay, now spiritual abuse can have deeply damaging impact on those who experience. Um, and, and at the abuse, it may include manipulation or exploitation, um, enforced accountability, accountability. And when I say enforced accountability, listen, accountability within the church and within Christian culture is really, really necessary. I love accountability. You have rogue people out there, nah. but enforced accountability is a completely different thing. So we'll kind of jump on that here in a second. Censorship of decision-making, requirements of secrecy and silence, coercion to conform 
or the inability to ask questions of authority. Hmm. Control through the use of sacred text or teaching. Requirement of obedience to the abuser. Um, isolation as a means of punishment. And superiority and elitism. Under that definition, I'm just going to flat out ask you, Lisa, have you experienced or encountered spiritual abuse at any level? Uh, I would say yes and yes um but but, <laughs> yes but, but more yes. of the wow. more of the encountered than experienced um mm. I, I think that and it's the one that would be the most prevalent and right now for me in, in the sense of hearing from people um having my my ear to the ground uh, which is, I think, really important as a ministry leader to be listening to what people are saying and experiencing. It's certainly something I do all the time because I care deeply for leaders and I also care deeply for the church and the faith community. So mm. I, I think it's important, you know, and you can't you can't ask people <laughs> to have tough conversations if you're not willing to have them yourself. So mm -hmm. um, just I'm grateful to be able to be here, even though I, I just want to say for all of us, this is a conversation that's hard and scary on some level because it's dipping into our feelings. It's dipping into mm -hmm. um, some places that we have. Um, there's just vis visceral reactions and responses oh, yeah. uh, that, that sometimes I think we don't <clears throat> even know, Candace what we've exactly experienced. We don't know how to put a name to it. We're, we're hesitant to maybe even call it spiritual abuse because that feels so victimizing for ourselves. And we don't maybe, especially like for me, I'm, I'm strong. So I don't like to consider myself a victim in any way, but the reality mm, is I don't good. care how you label this or label yourself. There are a lot of us who have experienced the manipulation piece here or, you know, the, the pressure piece of you need to do this because it's expected of you in, in a way that is not just a standard of the Bible, but more of um, this is the standard of our organization and our church. And mm. if you color outside of those lines, you are not only shamed, but you are um, ostracized and perhaps on, a, on an even greater scale um, abused. Ooh. Ooh, absolutely. You know, I think Jenny and I, before we started the show, we were just kind of, you know, talking back and forth before we went live here with Lisa and she joined us. And one of the things that we were saying off camera, off podcast was, you know, this could be an issue for just the church, the big C church by and large, that we would just see spiritual abuse and therefore it's within organizational structure. But I don't want us to forget that spiritual abuse for some of you listening right now has nothing to do with the church, but very much so has to do with relationships. Like you may have experienced it in your home. It may not have been something that was the church hurt me and I'm coming with that. It may be the way that your father, your mother would manipulate using scripture as the, you have to do this because God says it this way. And actually it may not have been a God command at all. It may have been a personal preference to get what they wanted. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that as well, is that as we're listening and opening up this conversation, this may not be 
a church situation at all. It may be very much more personal and close to you at home. Um, I think that's a good point. And also I would just say that, you know, every church hurt is not spiritual abuse. And I think it's really important to make that distinction because, you know, in this day and time, we like to lump things. I think it's part of, it's part of just being, um, you know, in a little bit of a hype culture, but also let's be honest and I'll be happy to go first. Sometimes I can be lazy, even in my own Christianity and my own spirituality. And I'm like, well, you Mm -hmm. know, we're just lumping this all together. Sometimes this is not that. So Mm -hmm. I just want to say that, um, you know, a lot of us have experienced church hurt because we are the church as people. And so in that space, we are going to hurt each other sometimes um we're going to not always be the friend we should be we're going to sometimes um not behave Mm -hmm. in the best ways because we are humans and we wear flesh and within that if we're in a church group or setting or whatever we you know we we might call that church hurt because we've been hurt by someone Mm -hmm. who's another church member so i just want to be careful and uh, and for us to know that distinction like not every church hurt and many church hurts are not spiritual abuse. And that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I looked at that list that I read here of like, okay, it includes, but it's not limited to these things. (laughs) And I was like, my first thought, can I be really, really gut honest was, um, have you ever worked on a church staff? Because I think like every single one of those things I mean, <laughs> has been like, oh, okay. Well, at least I signed up for the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, and and I, I say that with a little giggle here, but the reality is there is accountability that you sign up for when you go and you work for, or you um, have the purpose for ministry that you say, yeah, as a culture here, that's doing a specific mission and that's on mission from, what we feel is like a, a, a level of God telling us, Hey, we want to do this in our community. We want to reach the lost. We want to do these things. There's going to be a culture that you, um, in not a bad way, but a good way, submit to and say, yeah, I align with this. I'm unified with purpose in this. Um, yeah. but what I, I think if we could just be so raw and vulnerable, I, I want to share a personal story of what I know is spiritual abuse. I have, um, a family member, that every time that they want something from me, hmm. they will label their conversations and and salt and pepper God into it, hmm. almost to say like, I'm trying to get this from you. And I know that you're a lover of God and I know that you're a Christian. And so the way that I'm going to get from you what I want that's unhealthy for myself and yep. for my, my personage is to basically coerce you is to manipulate you with language that says God's on this. God Mm. told me he he's, he's given me the ability and the divine intervention to do this project. And if you don't help me, you're really being disobedient to him. That my friends is what I see as spiritual abuse. And when I was thinking about like, okay, why is this important to talk about? And, and what does God's heart actually feel on this? Go back to the Ten Commandments. Let's go back to like the very first one. It says, you shall have no other God besides me yeah. and you shall not take my name in vain. And a lot of times we think Ten of the Lord's name in vain is the GD word. You know, we're like, well, hey, don't do that. I grew up thinking that's that's taking his name in vain. But really taking his name in vain is labeling God on things where it doesn't belong. 
And that's a form of spiritual abuse that I personally have encountered is somebody taking the the name of the Lord, putting it on their project, on their desires, on their wants and saying, God wants this too. And if you don't be, if you don't do it, you're being disobedient to him. And then shame follows that. And then you feel as though, well, my purpose is lost now because I thought I knew God this way, but you're telling me I have to know God this other way. And it becomes an incongruent pull and push with trying to figure out my spiritual relationship that's that could be very, very private with the Lord that I could grow and learn things on my own is now being manipulated to get another outcome or a desire from somebody else because they know that I do. I do love God. So then if you put that label on it, if you take it in vain, I might be a little bit quicker to follow. Mm. I think this leadership piece is really key in what you're saying here. And I think this is why it's so important that we have our own vibrant relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit, because sometimes it can be very tricky, right? Because you, Mm. as you said, you know, we have, uh, we have to have some kind of structure. We have leadership, like we have, um, you know, a minister, a a pastor perhaps, or, you know, some type Mm of, 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 um, minister that we look to that's a spiritual guide in a way. And obviously there's biblical proof for that and it, there's biblical reasoning for that. And I think it, it can be so positive and good in our lives. Yeah. But if you think back to the Old Testament and that, you know, there was always a, a cry for spiritual leadership. There was, a, there was the asking of Kings. There was, you know, can you, mm-hmm. we, we need leadership to lead us when in fact there was, ignoring sort of the leadership of God in their lives. Right. So I think we do get into dangerous territory when we are hungry for this outside leadership, when we need actually God to be leading us um, in a way to make us wise to maybe when that outside leadership goes awry. And so that's when it, it, it comes into play. Listen, here's the thing. I'm, I, I, I'm tender to leadership. I love leadership. My part of my whole mission in life is to help leaders lead with integrity and strength so that we don't, um, commit acts of abuse on people because it Mm. has, it has wrecked so many lives, not Mm. to mention the mark that brings on Christianity for the larger world who may never come to know Christ because of what they're seeing in leadership. And so much of the ministry leadership that goes wrong is is because of fear. It's because, you know, things that leaders don't take care of in ourselves. I think one of the biggest red flags that I would say with spiritual abuse to be looking for. And again, I want to preface this by saying any good thing can become an idol. Any good thing can go wrong. So in and of itself, this word is not wrong. This word is biblical, but I think when it becomes manipulated, as you were just giving that brilliant example, Candace, this is the same way I look at this word. When the word honor becomes used in a way that it is weaponized. And that is when I have noticed a lot of spiritual abuse comes into play. It is all about this word honor. And so I would be Mm. cautious if that word is continually placed in the forefront of a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the DNA of maybe an organization, spiritual organization, mm. um, maybe it's the church, maybe it's the community that you're in. But if honor is the thing that is always wow. preached over and over again, and it's the honoring of a system, it's the honoring of a person, because at the end of the day, 
If this is more about the honoring of a system, even a faith system, even a spiritual community over God, over Jesus, listen, that's when things begin to go awry. Just, I, I don't have a church hanky and I need one right now. <laughs> I have to just, Lord, you're waving I'm something. I, for those of you who can't see, she's waving Ooh. something. <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling you, you you tapped in on something that is the DNA fabric of a spiritual abuser. Yeah. Take what feels as though God wants to partner with me to show himself glorious. Mm. The fact that God even shares honor amongst us. Yes. Can we even just pause with that, that thought? The yeah. fact that he says... Not only do I redeem you from your sin and I give you position in my, my home with me. I've made a, a home with you. You will be restored to me. That's enough. <laughs> like that to me, that to me, I could sing for hours on that and just talk about it and be like, come on. I don't have to be in this condition separated from God. He made a way where there was no way he paid a debt. I could not pay. You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> preach all of that all day long. But yeah. then the fact that he says, I'm not only doing that, but for you, I'm making you co-heirs with my son. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. get what he gets. Yeah. And then on top of that, while you're still in your sin, <laughs> while you're still in your flesh, I'm going to allow you to experience my glory. Mm. And, and the thing that actually says belongs to me and me alone, all glory, all honor, all power be unto the Lord, our God. He says, I now give you honor. Yeah. Come, who, what kind of God do we have? That's like that. Yeah. But isn't it just the fabric of somebody that understands how to be abusive of what God meant for good? To say, okay, now I'm going to take what he wanted to partner and share with us and make it my tool to control and suppress. That's right. That's 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 the markings of how deceitful the deceiver is. Mm. Is taking the goodness of God yes. and, and just mushing it up and making it nasty. And so I really feel like somebody's listening right now and they're like, I didn't even know that that's what's been going on, but this is it. This yep. is it. Yeah. And um, we want to help you discover freedom. We don't want to just uh, have the conversation land here. We've got more to talk about, but we're going to take a little heavy break real quick because I feel like we just need a little breather. So let's move on and see the goodness of God with the things that he has done. Won't he do it, y'all? Time and time again, won't he do it, y'all? All right. In this segment, we like to highlight the reviews that you left on uh, Apple Podcasts. So, hey, if you're loving the show, please go leave a review. It's really helpful and you could be featured on our show. So, Candice, will you read the most recent review we got? Sure. I don't even know how to say this username, but it's spelled. Let me just spell it first. M-Q-U-A-C-A. -A. So, Quaka. Mm, Quaka mm, Quaka mm -hmm. decided to give us five stars, five stars and said, Hey, please keep them an hour long. We've debated about this all. <laughs> We're like, Shut it down. Why are we going so long? Shut it down. 
<laughs> 30 minutes or less. You, you know what's funny is you say keeping it an hour long. We try to shoot for 30 minutes every episode. So sure, sure. We'll keep it an hour long. She said, oh, how I've missed the two of you. Every episode is so eye-opening and convicting in a good way. It's the perfect mix of serious and fun. Keep it going. And I really hope you don't meet the 30-minute goal. <laughs> So apparently she's a real listener knowing that we try to do this all the time. They're asking for more. That's a good sign. Come on. It's a scary sign because I'm like, I don't know how much more we can give you, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> Won't he do it? We're so happy when you join in, when you share with us what God's doing in your life as you listen. It, it fuels us to keep going. Just to be honest, this is the stuff that, that makes us so excited and jump out of bed every morning to do this for you. So thanks, Mkwaka. I hope that's how you say that. And if it's not, then just know you're very, very loved. And I tried. Okay. <laughs> he said, Oh, Lisa, how do you like the bumpers? Let me just I ask. like everything about this show. It is the most fun. <laughs> I would get up again to do it in the morning and talk about <laughs> spiritual abuse. Because <laughs> it's really good. It's fun. Um, I give you a five star. I give you a five plus. Woo! I give you a six star. I'll give you a six star. Yeah. Bonus I like star. This. I like this. That's good. good stuff. Yeah. So this segment, we actually talk about what the Bible has to say about spiritual abuse. And I'm like holding my tongue over here because as Candace read the list of this is how we define it. I'm like, okay, I've experienced that one, that one, that one, mm. that one. And I woke mm. up this morning praying about the show and I felt very strongly the Holy Spirit was like, the only accusations you should make is against the enemy. And it's good. I, I hope that reminds somebody if they could check off that list as well. Like, that's really, oh, it's a messy world out there. So anyways, I want to um, just land the plane with another quote from Lisa's book, and then we'll ask her to take it away. But yeah, she wrote for us to have the ability to open up our hearts again. We have to have a firm grounding in Jesus. When he is number one, we live with a different level of security and peace. It all starts with remembrance of who he is and how incredible he is. So Lisa, feel free to expand on that or lead us how you like. Well, the thing about it is, you know, in my life and I'm just simple. So for me, I have to think of things in terms of, you know, what works and what I don't want to spend my life doing, which is living in turmoil and, you know, fighting against a system or, you know, being in pain. Like these are just things on a practical level. Right. I don't want to do right? right. And I'm a solution person. So mm. you know, there's some things in life that, that are just, we just walk through as we go through life because they're a part of this imperfect world that we, we live in. Spiritual abuse is not one that we should just endure. Um, mm. And it's not one that we should just sort of say, well, this is just a part of living. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, and so yeah. in those moments, I think to myself, you know, this feels like such a big issue. And sometimes it can be confusing, which we already we already named that. And, you know, I want to love and respect leaders. And I also don't want to quit on the faith community. What do I do? So I'll be honest, my answer is always, well, 
what 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 do I do in the, in the context of who is Jesus and what did he do and how can I learn from that example? And that might seem mm. small to some people, but for me, it's the only way to clear my mind of the clutter. And uh, so it's like yeah. a mic drop in a way. So I look at Jesus and I think, well, he, you know, Jesus was boundaried. He set boundaries yeah. um, in his own life and ministry. If you think about, you know, the 12 and even the core three. And I think one thing that happens with us, and I've noticed this in the faith community, we think it's more spiritual to um, just close off to people rather than set really strong boundaries. Like there's something weird about us that doesn't mm. want to set boundaries because we think it's unspiritual, but yet we'll go through our life and we'll just be skeptical and jaded and bitter. And we, we don't mind that. Like we don't, we don't consider that unspiritual at all, but we, wow. um, you know, but, but, but boy setting boundaries. No, that's, that's just the bridge too far. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, I, I want us to, you know, reverse engineer this and say, we need to set some strong boundaries for ourselves. We need to be really in the word and having that, that very clear compass so that when we begin to experience these things that are abusive spiritually in our lives, we, 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 we put up the, we put up the boundary and we say, no, that this is, this is not okay. Um, you know, I, I was, there was a young couple that I, I know that recently they, they had a relationship. They were a part of a church system and, um, I, this is all a secondhand information. So of course we wouldn't name names anyway, but I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but they were dating both a part of this sort of church organizational system. And when they broke up, they were, they had to go through this process of being accountable to the church to talk about how their relationship didn't work and why it didn't work. What? And I just, that gave me great pause because what? I thought, you know, there is a difference between you having a person of, uh, of uh, mentorship in your life that you have maybe walked through a, a romantic relationship. If you're a younger person and say you have an older person that you have a trusted mentorship relationship with of the same sex. And like you, you guys have walked through that, you know, they're an older person and they've maybe been in a relationship a long time and, and you're walking through that together. That's, that's one thing, but this was, this felt very, um, this felt like overreach. And I just coerced him. accountability. Yes. Yes. That's where I think this would <laughs> yeah. be a, a great, a great example of that. And yeah. I just, I just said to this young woman, I said, you know, I, I don't like the way this sounds. Um, mm. This sounds very, um, th th this sounds inappropriate to me. And I don't, I don't think that's a place that you need to, to be, uh, I think you at the very least need to be asking some questions about the way where you are planting yourself in a faith community, because this doesn't feel mm. good to me. So I, I think one thing we need to start doing is asking more questions, um, being more wise about where we are planting ourselves in a faith community. And um, we need to be looking at scripture and saying, does this line up? And listen, that is going to require of us to be in the Bible and to be yeah. um, having a relationship with the Lord where we say, give me this, this sense of discernment and wisdom to know if this has gone too far, because in and of ourselves, what happens is, you know, we begin to form bonds with people. Things begin to feel normal that are not normal. And when other people on the outside hear them, they say, 
that, that doesn't sound normal to me, but mm-hmm. we, but we like become numb to it. And mm-hmm. so I just want us to look at the Bible and look at Jesus and say, he was boundaried. He set boundaries in, I mean, so I good. could give you example after example of this, but just even look in the way that he had people around him. And I often say this example, you have room in your heart for everyone in the sense that our heart has the capacity of the Holy Spirit to be open and loving and serving, which is pretty much endless. What you don't have room in your life, I say you have room in your heart for everyone, but you don't have room in the car. So Mm. your car has the capacity for five people, maybe seven if you've got a bigger vehicle. But what I'm saying is there is a, there's a difference there. And I want us to be more careful. Ooh, you know, the thing that um, you, you're preaching to that I, and really that's a preaching moment because uh, boundaries need to be taught and preached and um, given to Christians, first of all, as like one of your first things in discipleship. I think, I think we missed the mark. It's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not. Um, The question that comes out of what you just said for me, um, playing a little bit of an advocate on the other side is, is this thought, say you've got a new Christian, Mm -hmm. new believer, somebody that's like, I'm, I'm fully in, I want all of Jesus. Do you know these, do you remember your passion when you first discovered the gospel to be (laughs) true? Just give me Jesus. (gasps) Yeah. Um, that is such a very narrow, sensitive moment. And um, I'll be honest with you. The moment for me when I was a baby Christian growing in my faith that I encountered somebody that didn't have boundaries, that was spiritually abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started taking a turn mentally in my mind, made some decisions, partnered with some actions that became, well, I'm not going to be so trusting anymore. Yep. And yeah. now I'm going to be critical and cynical of anything. And so there is a balance in between that for us as believers, because if you've been in a situation where you've been spiritually abused, you're, I'm telling you, it's fight, flight, or freeze in, in your spiritual gut. You have the ability to go, oh, that ain't happening again. Because if you've been at the hands of it, I'm telling you right now, uh, the easier reaction and the quickest and swiftest um, cure is to shut everything down. Yes. Shut it down. Leave the church, leave that group. Don't trust anybody with spiritual conversations. I'll just do this whole Christianity thing on my own. Me and Jesus, it's all I need. Right. 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 So my question for you is Lisa, because I know that you are such a proponent for loving God for who he really is Yeah, and doing the hard things. How would you instruct somebody that's walking out of that and say, okay, let your heart still be soft and trusting and yet have your boundaries in place. What would you say is like a practical that they can begin doing? Well, first I want to say I, that that's, that's speaking. That's, that's me in a nutshell. I mean, that mm. that's me. I've, I have trust issues. I mean, you know, I'm an eight, I, don't, I don't know if you guys like the Enneagram, but I'm an eight Enneagram. Like that, that's our MO anyway, you know, so, but I've also been hurt by the church. So I get this. What I don't yeah. want for people is to rob themselves of the community that could be theirs because someone else has Mm. been a complete jerk or someone else has been abusive and that's not their Mm. fault. Like, I don't, that's not fair to the person that, that doesn't deserve it. So, so I'm not telling you that, you know, you're that anybody, I'm not telling anybody that they're wrong in the way that they feel. I'm saying like, 
don't let someone else rob you of the community of faith that you deserve and God created for you because they were abusive. That's further abuse to your soul, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think I think that the practical things that I would say, and and I did write a whole chapter in this, is in the um, in the hard good because opening up your heart again when it's been hurt is not is not just magic. Like you don't just snap your fingers. I'm not just telling you that and then going, okay, the end, God bless. Amen. You know, that's not it. <laughs> Fixed um, it. Hashtag you know, nailed it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do give some practicals in the book, but one of the things that I say is that you can expect and prepare to be triggered sometimes. Like mm. I, I, I think that is important in and of itself, because I think what happens is the first time that we that we have a feeling of being triggered by something we immediately think the only way that we can deal with this is to completely walk away and i would just say to you there are other choices here like there are yeah. sometimes i will tell you after i was and i i will call it i will call it spiritual abuse because it was after we experienced and i was already a veteran christian i've been in the church a long time and been through a <laughs> lot of stuff with my father and wow. past experiences but I went through an experience 10 years ago and it was very harsh and it was very cruel and it was very manipulative and it was all these things. And I remember there was a time that I considered not going back to church again. I considered that. And I think it's important for people to pray and consider and ask the Lord, but consider it with people who are healthy um, and consider it with the Lord. What I would not, what I would ask you not to do is to get into like a space of people that are in also in a place of, of deep brokenness. Cause I just don't think you're going to get really good, um, counsel mm -hmm. from that, like be their friend and go out to dinner. Sure. But like find your counsel in someone who's kind of worked through this. But at any rate, I went, I remember I went back to church after that mm -hmm. and I remember they were reciting, um, in where I went back to church, completely different place, obviously. And I remember they were reciting a, a verse. They were doing like a, a, a an out, um, out loud recited, what do we call that? A rep repetitive reading? I don't know what you call that. Anyway, sure. they were that's what they were doing. Um, words <laughs> are hard. Sure. Yeah. yeah where, <laughs> so, where someone says something and you repeat after them, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and I, my mouth wouldn't do it. Like I, mm. I couldn't, I couldn't do that thing because for me, it felt forced and coerced and it, what for everybody, I looked around, everybody else was naturally just saying it, they were repeating and they were fine because for them, they didn't have that place of damage for me. Right. It felt like, no, I've had some things forced on me that I don't. I want to move away from. Yep. And I felt freedom in my spirit to not do that. So mm. I want to just say, get with people on a practical note, seek some counsel from people who have worked through this, not people who are maybe in the same space as you. That's just called wisdom. Um, again, doesn't mean you can't have those friends that are in your same place or in uh, space. It just means, you know, have them for a different reason, like go to dinner with them and just hang and chill and yes. talk about whatever. Um, and it also just means expect sometimes to be triggered and don't be alarmed by that and completely run away. It just means it is a part of the healing process mm -hmm. and, um, don't, don't so be afraid, but work, but work through it. So good. So good. Oh, 
we just did an episode recently um, where we describe I should feel all the feelings. And I feel like the moment that those triggers come, it's it's really about a, a sensory response to something greater that's at work. And it's okay to feel the trigger. It's okay to go, ooh, I don't like this. And then question, why don't I like this? And then even better, invite the Holy Spirit to like be like yep. explain what's going on here let my thoughts align with you not with what i'm triggered with so my goodness that is some good stuff and boundaries i mean i'm i'm telling you i'm i'm going to mm. i'm going to beat that drum for a long time in fact i'll talk about it in my new book it's not a book about boundaries but i talk about there's a whole section about it about ways to do it and all these kinds of things but the thing is is you know the difference between a closed heart and a boundary is that one is about staying wounded a closed heart and the other is about being wise and that's boundaries and so Ooh. i firmly say you need boundaries in any faith community because that is a part and you're right candace teach mm. this in discipleship when you come to know jesus like it's the first thing you need to know it, it, you don't have to have a boundary with the Lord. That's what's beautiful. But mm. but but people aren't Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> you know we're not we're not the Lord. Like yes. let's just go ahead and say that. And I would say that anybody that tries to sort of take on that role, run. Yep. yep. Because they're not they're not him. Mm. How's that okay. for practical? Run. I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay. So the other thing I'm just going to, I'm going to piggyback off of this because I think it's beautiful what you said with boundaries. You're going to say every relationship, every discipleship journey needs boundaries and it's up to you because it preserves your own heart. Well, let me even just, can I, can I put this down at a more of a base level? Yeah. Take the word spiritual out of our equation with spiritual abuse. If you're in an abusive situation, any situation that has abuse in it, your first thing to do is put the boundary between you and the abuser. Right. And that is the same thing for spiritual abuse. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. don't think like, it goes back to what you were saying about this honor culture. Don't think mm -hmm. that I'm disrespecting, I'm not honoring, I'm not giving due because God's anointed this person. I mean, those kind of things, right? They make it so muddy. Think and focus on the word abuse first. If you, if you have to take the spiritual label out, take it out and just say, this is abuse. And I am valued and loved by God so much that he does not desire me to be in abusive relationships. That's right. Oh my Woo! word. I mean, oh, good grief. I, I could, I, I, don't get me started. Cause once, once I get started on a trail, it could go, <laughs> go. but, but. The thing is, it's it it, it 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 is so, and Satan is so in this. I just want to say that mm. because he wants to make us um, and take our natural penchant towards loving people and and respecting people and all those things that mm. are good. We should respect people on a core human level, yes. But there is mm. a, a leadership leadership has to be done with integrity. It, leaders are never going to be perfect. Oh my word. Never, never, never. Absolutely. But leadership must be done with integrity. And, and yep. a leader does not need to make you feel diminished in any way. Um, now that doesn't mean that if you put something in the suggestion box, they're going to take it. Like you can't be precious about that. That's not spiritual abuse guys. And those right. kinds of things right. water down what are actually spiritual abuse. Um, so we have to be careful here that we, that's why I said at the top of the show, yeah. you know, not all church hurt is spiritual abuse because we don't want to 
mesh those things to where we we get numb to what actual spiritual abuse is. Um, that, but but we just have to really be aware of this whole honor honor culture and all of those kinds of things to where we mm. understand that honoring people on a core level is very important. And it's something that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to honor every created person that God, that God, God has created all of us. So we honor all of us as human beings yeah. and, and what he's done there. Um, it, it, when it begins to be thrown around as a litmus test for how you are to behave in their presence or, wow. um, wow. you know, honestly, I also want people just to engage our common sense, guys, engage your common <laughs> sense. Hey, honestly, like that's, yes. that's a good thing to do because when you get to the place, like we all have this great sense many times in our spirit that we ignore so many times the people that have been spiritually abused will say to me, I had this sense that something wasn't quite right here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I just mm-hmm. kind of ignored it because we had mm-hmm. cookouts and I loved these people and they like, they like held my baby. And so I yep. like, you know, I had this, yep. it's, listen, if you have this, especially a continual sense that something is awry, that this is part of the abuse culture is to sort of create this bond with you so that you yeah. don't want to betray them in any way. And so yeah. um, this doesn't mean go around in your life with your dukes up. Um, and I have to pray against that all the time, just not being jaded, just continuing to to open my heart and hands to people. But when you have boundaries set up, you don't have that risk anymore. But I mm. would suggest maybe you put, you know, put some write down on paper, I guess, cause I'm a writer. I always think in terms of like, what are my non-negotiables in relationships in, in the spiritual community? What are questions I need to start asking if things so it start good. feeling weird in my spirit? Like, I think we prepare for so many things, but we just, we don't want to prepare for like doing relationships well. And I just think we're at a point in time where it might be wise for us to have a little better planning with some of this kind of stuff. And I don't think that waters down how we can just go and have a girly lunch and be cool and on the fly about it. But we also have in our mind, like, Hey, if this starts to go weird, I'm probably going to need to have a hard conversation about it, or I'm going to need to remove myself from it, whatever the case needs to be. Mm. We need to be modeling this if we have kids and not presuming everyone does, but if you have children, this is something you need to model for them because they're going to eventually be in, maybe be in a faith community. And guess what? If we haven't told them that's a core discipleship piece right now, like if they Mm -hmm. don't understand that that's important and things to look out for, what if they end up in spiritual abuse? Oh my goodness. I think it, it it's leaving a legacy of almost changing what has been the norm within your religious circles, your faith community to say, you know what, we're going to level up our expectations of each other and of what we demand from our relationship, even with God. Like we want authenticity. We want transparency. We want accountability. And I think that anytime that you teach that and model that to your children, it's a win. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, this conversation, I feel like, honestly, we just got started, but our time, (laughs) Mkwaka is probably like, keep going. (laughs) She's waving the hanky or he's waving the hanky, whoever. They're like, we're ready for more, but actually we're going to wrap it up today because I'm telling you, this is just scratching the surface. And I I just want to go through this really quick. If you're in spiritual leadership and somebody comes to you with a story of spiritual abuse, here's just a couple things that you can do. Listen to their story, 
show that you're taking it seriously. Ensure them that telling the story knows that that they're valued and don't minimize, judge, or defend um, any person or the church. Be open to hear it and to be clear about the boundaries to confidentiality. Um, take care of um, making sure that you pray, um, and but don't use scripture as an abusive response. Ensure that that person can make the choice as to whether or not they want scripture as a response. Um, and don't rush people to place a forgiveness and reconciliation in place. Um, have them really be able to walk through some healing in a responsible way. And so I just kind of felt like we needed to land with that as well, that you may not be somebody that's encountered it or even experienced it, but you may be entrusted with leadership and you might have somebody that comes to you and says, what, what do I do with this? Can I just say, um, don't be so easily offended. Hmm. Don't take it as, as personal but really listen with an open heart and listen and lean in and be near to the hip of the Holy spirit. You know, he'll never fail you. Never do you wrong. Woo. This has been a good conversation today. Hey, let's pray. How can listeners connect with you and pick up a copy of the hard good? Dear Lisa. Yes. LisaWhittle.com is the easiest thing, Candace. It's just, you know, I've made it as simple <laughs> as possible. A, a .com with my name, LisaWhittle.com. Yeah. I mean, I'm on, I'm on all the social medias and you That's can find right. my, my show. Obviously, I talk about all the things on my show, Jesus Over Everything. But yeah, and the, the book is available wherever books are sold. But, but LisaWhittle.com. Yeah. Lisa Whittle, you're going to want to get that. You get your hands on it. Lisa, would you pray for our people today? Jenny, anything you want to add before we pray? I, I feel good about this. Press <laughs> out, my friend. Okay. Thanks so much. Father, I thank you so much for just your ability to be able to help our hurt hearts. God, I just thank you so much that you care about every situation, uh, every listener, every person watching. Um, Candace and Jenny and myself. God, thank you that you've been there mm. through all the highs, the, all the lows, all the hurts. God, I thank you that you created us to have community with one another. And God, um, we messed that up. And uh, so, Father, I just pray that you would help us move forward to have wisdom. Um, God, if there is someone listening that has been abused by a spiritual leader, by a community, God, that you will begin to do a deep work in their heart to let them know that you are not abusive, that you are not uh, that uh, sin that has been committed against them and God, that they mm. would seek help and, and would have hope today in the hope that will not disappoint according to Romans five, five. I thank you that you are true mm. to that word. And so I pray by the power of your Holy spirit that you would do that in all of our lives today. I thank you for who you are. We love you in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. All right. Until next time, everybody shut the should up. We'll see you next week. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.